Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. Last weekend, let's have a postmortem. It was terrible for me. I was that unique gambler who had Buffalo over KC, Tennessee over Cincinnati, Green Bay over San Francisco, and Tampa Bay over the Rams. Folks, it's a plane crash, right? <laughs> you know, no survivors. Um, disastrous weekend for me personally. Uh, very proud with how some teams played. Uh, you see me wearing a Bills jersey here. But the bottom line is I lost on the play, right? Let's talk about a couple of things that surprised me because they might pop up in future games. You know, one of the reasons why I took Tennessee besides the fact that they were the one seed, they were at home, was their coach, Mike Vrabel. You know, the guy is an excellent coach. I thought he made some mistakes. Uh, Derek Henry, who has a plate in his leg, right? A plate in his foot. That's how serious his situation was. Um, wasn't better than the backup. Right, His backup was averaging more than 10 yards a carry. I believe the longer they had Derrick Henry out there, the more they were hurting the team. I'm surprised their head coach did not pick it up. It would have made a big difference. Also, let's face it, hindsight's 100%. But when the game is tied, it's under two minutes, you're at home and you're driving. And of course, one of your backs is averaging over 10 yards a carry. The only throws Ryan Tannehill should have made <coughs> should have been deep throws or throws to guys who were wide open. The idea is if Cincinnati picks off the ball inside the 20, well, then they'd have to go 80 odd yards to get a touchdown. They would have to go at least 45 yards to be in field goal range. I thought the play call, Tannehill's last pick, was absolutely atrocious. He throws it into a crowd. I didn't get it, right? It, it just seemed to be too high risk. Uh, it seemed to me they could have run the ball or thrown deep gotten the game in overtime if they were unable to get in the field goal range. Also, the uh, Green Bay Niner game. You know, people need to start talking about this. I'm not saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is the best quarterback in the National Football League or even the best quarterback in his division. But let's remember, Jimmy was unbeaten for a stretch. In New England, when Jimmy came to a very bad at the time Niner team, he was unbeaten for a stretch out here. You know, there are certain guys, leadership comes in many forms. And there are certain guys that teams respond to. I need to have people understand that Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy teammates respond to. Right? It's, you know, you see him with his tight end, Kittle. You see him with Debo Samuel. 
You understand this is the guy who's popular for whatever reason in the locker room. You understand that the team feels a need to rally around him. Right now, understand the way this game starts. Green Bay goes down and scores seven. We're hearing from the newscast that Jimmy Garoppolo has never played in weather this cold. Right? And let's face it, too. The Niner offense was anemic, right? The big play is a blocked punt for a touchdown done by the defense. But yet no one in the Niner locker room is pointing fingers. Right? The Niners, in fact, when they beat the Rams, people forget they needed to beat the Rams to make the playoffs. It was a second-half comeback by the Niners in that game, and there was no panic. No one saying anything like they're saying in Miami with the Dolphins, right? No one saying, hey, if we had a better quarterback, we'd do some things on offense, right? No, no, Jimmy is the guy who got them to the Super Bowl a couple years ago, right? So, let me just say, the Niners are tough. You see it out of this game, right? Offense does next to nothing, folks. Next to nothing. Everyone out here is thrilled. No one's saying, hey, when's Trey Lance going to play? I'm in the Bay Area. The San Francisco press, which can be rough, right? They can be rough out here. The San Francisco press right now is fawning. Let's talk about Tampa Bay over the Rams. What happened to Tampa in that first half? I'm still trying to figure it out. It was a tale of two games. You saw them in the second half and you said, oh, that's right, Tom Brady plays for this team. You said, oh, that's right, Gronk is active, isn't he? You're like, oh, yeah, Mike Evans. He can beat Jalen Ramsey deep, can't he? Where was that in the first half? Also, if I'm the Rams, and the Rams have some options, right? They have Sony Michelle. They have uh, Henderson, right? If I'm the Rams, I'm very cautious using Cam Akers. That guy tried to give the game away, didn't he? You remember the first fumble. The guy's down around the goal line. Had they gotten that touchdown, this game is over, folks. He fumbles the football. Nobody worries about it because, of course, Rams had a big lead. Well, explain to me the last fumble. Right? You're running by in Dominican's suit. You don't have the ball better protected in a game in which you fumbled already? Well, everyone should pay attention to the Rams. Understand, they play the Niners, right, who they know, in the division, right? The Niners, of course, beat them the last game of the season, right? The Niners, by the way, for those keeping track, beat the Rams in L.A., beat the Cowboys in Texas, beat the one seed, Green Bay in Green Bay, 
Folks, this is a close to historical run. If they could knock off the Rams, who are looking firmly at hosting the Super Bowl, this coming week, that's going to be something to discuss. Right? What we're not going to be discussing is why Jimmy Garoppolo, with a banged up thumb, with a banged up shoulder, Right? We're not going to be discussing why Jimmy's playing over Trey Lance, who was the third pick in the NFL draft. And the reason is simple. It's because your best chance of winning is with Jimmy. Right? Let's remember, they were up against big bad Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and they were up in the fourth quarter. All right, now let's talk about futures. As I said, I'm after getting battered, right? Battered last week. Um, you know, in some games that, oh, you know, I'd rather lose games early than late, right? Save me the three and a half quarters of figuring out that I was wrong. Just show me in the first half of the first quarter, right? Here, of course... You know, let's just say that KC game, the one that hurt the most, went into overtime, right? That was torturous, and I lost it. Well, rather than take a side, what I want to do here is to talk futures, because there's so much misinformation. I watch these great channels, right? VSIN, V-S-I-N, and SportsGrid. Um, if you get YouTube TV, look up both. Right. If you're looking up podcasts on Google Podcasts, look up the VSIN series of podcasts. Understand, too, that SportsGrid has people like Scott Farrell on it, longtime um, radio personality, sports guy. Those sites give you good information, except when they have a casino employee, right, they could put whatever title on it, executive vice president or whatever, right, assistant vice president. Whatever title they put on it, they have some guy from a casino trying to convince you that it's better to bet games game by game rather than to get deep into futures bets. Now understand, I know if you look at the numbers, the casinos take away from futures betting, you're going to find out that the casino makes a lot of money off futures betting. Right? A lot of casual fans are into futures betting. Also, let's face it, too, only one team is going to win the Super Bowl, right? So you have some props where the way the props set up when you make the bet, you understand that only one team is going to win this prop. Okay, that's fine. But what I want people to do here, because it's clear, you have four teams left, so the math is easy, is to just focus on the Cincinnati Bengals for a moment. Now, this is only for people who are thinking about taking the Bengals on a money line over Kansas City in KC, right? You're getting a plus 275 for that bet. Now, before we dive deeper into that, just understand, and I know it sounds preposterous to some people, but in Cincinnati... This month, Cincinnati played the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Just understand that in that game, Jamar Chase, a rookie, had 266 receiving yards. Right? Just understand that there might be a problem with Kansas City's defense, right? Because in a must-win game over the weekend, Kansas City gave up over 200 yards to Buffalo Bill wide receiver Davis, right? Who scored four touchdowns. In other words, it doesn't look to me like that KC secondary is shut down, right? Some guys have had some 200-yard games against them, right? Just understand, the Bengals already beat KC this month. Joe Burrow, 446 passing yards. Tyreek Hill, right, who was a key player in beating Buffalo, was held to 40 yards, right? So if you believe that the Bengals, who have more than one gifted wide receiver, right, Chase Higgins, Boyd, right, who have a better running back, quite frankly, than the Bills, and Joe Mixon, if you're a guy who takes underdogs, you think that this line's a little bit out of whack. You see the plus 275. You think this is high. I'm going to take it. I want you to understand that you only have two possible outcomes there. Right? We'll exclude a tie because it's the playoffs. You have two possible outcomes. Either you, if you bet 10 bucks... Either you win twenty-seven fifty, right? It's a plus two seventy-five. Either you win twenty-seven fifty and get your ten buck bet back, or you lose ten dollars. That's the spread there. Those those are the options. You win, you get twenty-seven fifty in profit. You lose, you lose ten bucks. Would it shock you to know that on futures right now? And understand, the way to play futures, you don't even have to believe it's going to happen. You're just taking advantage of odds. On futures right now, the Bengals are a plus 900 to win it all. All being the Super Bowl. So let's say you're a gambler. You believe the Bengals have a chance in this game. You're prepared to risk 10 bucks in this game. You know the odds are a plus 275. And let's say someone walks into sportsbook and taps you on the shoulder and says, player, hold on. Let's take the plus 900 to win it all. Your 10 buck bet, if you're wrong, okay, you're out 10 bucks. Right? The same 10 bucks you're out if you're wrong taking the plus 275 just to win this game. But if they win here, you're looking at the possibility of winning 90 bucks. Because, of course, if they win here, they're in the Super Bowl. Now, let's say you don't believe.